and welcome back to Community Conversation, our first episode of 2024 with a couple of my favorite people uh, that we're bringing back here to talk about uh, Mentoring Month mm -hmm. here in January 2024. So thanks, Laura. Thank you, Lily, for joining us. They're both, of course, from the Friends Program. But first off, why don't you both just tell us real quick um, about your role with Friends Program for someone who doesn't know you already, which I find hard to believe. But <laughs> give us a little recap of your role with the Friends Program. Let's start with Lily. Sure, so I'm the Director of Volunteer Programs at Friends. So I oversee our Foster Grandparent Program, our Retired and Senior Volunteer Program, and our Youth Mentoring Program. So those are the three programs at Friends that are really designed around volunteerism. Gotcha. You, Great, and I'm Laura Miller, and I joined the staff of the Friends Program about a year and a half ago, and I work on development. So that means I do fundraising and event planning and a um, little of everything, marketing, community relations. I get to have like, all the fun Like non-profit like non work. It's a little bit <laughs> a little of everything. A little of everything, yeah. yeah. And but we love what we do. Tons so. of fun. Yeah, yeah, tons of fun. And you guys have a great team, and I've worked with Friends Program over the years mm -hmm. and just love your mission and the work that you do. Um, so to circle back on National Mentoring Month, that was sort of, I think, Laura, when you had reached out, sort of one of our goals for today's program is to let people know about this initiative and about youth mentoring. Um, so I don't know which one of you wants to take the lead on that, but let's learn a little bit more about that. Well, Lily, why don't you talk a little bit about the importance of mentoring? So mentoring is, I think, a topic that's easy to talk about because it's so relatable right yep. so most of us have a fond memory of a mentor mm -hmm. whether it's at your job or as a child um, it's something I think that we can easily relate to as something that we all in some ways need um, and so mentoring is also I think a program at friends that most people in the community are familiar with that's something that we do and, or provide mm -hmm. um, and so it's I've always thought of it a little bit like a ripple um, that is going out into the community. You have a mentor who is devoting their time and attention to a child that needs it the most. Um, and we invest in things that matter. Um, invest in your time and your um, talents and, and, and a lot of cases your skills. Um, teaching um, a child something new or exposing them to different experiences. Um, we've had mentees come to us and when we um, do their intake interview and we ask them what they want to do, it is kind of astonishing how simple some of these requests are. Yeah. I would like to go to downtown Concord, right? They live in Concord, but it's not accessible to them because they don't have transportation or they don't have um, a caregiver who has the time to just window shop. Right. Um, and so connecting somebody with a caring, positive mentor who can devote that time and attention really matters ultimately. Yeah. Um, and we have people that contact our program 30, in some cases 40 years after being mentored. And they wow. say, I can't tell you how much this program meant to me. I still think of my mentor. He, um, we have a great story about one time they were driving in the car, this mentor and mentee, and um, an ad came on the radio for a Celtics game. And the mentor turned to him and he said, you ever been to a basketball game? He said, no. And he said, let's go. And they did it. They drove into Boston. He bought the tickets, he took him to his first basketball game. And that stands out in his mind and will for the rest of his life. Um, so I feel fortunate enough, um, I know Laura does as well, to be able to witness these moments of connection. Now you mentioned the intake portion. How does someone or a family or a youth become a mentee and, and 
how do they do they do families just hear through kind of outreach word Great of mouth question. and then how does that process work so it's a little bit of everything um, so in a lot of cases um, it's a referral through the school system so we work very closely with school um, to family liaisons in each of the elementary schools that are in our area yep. as well as the middle schools um, we will sometimes get referrals from counselors um, and in some cases, um, we are looped into the family because of an older sibling. So we might have served an older sibling with a mentor, mm -hmm. and now we know there are four younger siblings. And so we have those mentally in our lineup as somebody that might benefit from, say, our St. Paul's Monday night mentoring. Um, and so it can be word of mouth. Um, it can be somebody contacts us. Yeah. They can self-refer. Um, but schools are really, I think, our number one probably referral source. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Now, something um, when I was looking on the website, I just want to make sure I get it right. That sixty-three percent of the children served re reside in households where English is not the primary language. Yeah. I'd seen that, so that's an important factor I wanted to also just bring important. up and ask you guys about is just the fact that a lot of these services are benefiting members yes. of our community who need that support the most. Yes, right? yes. We serve a very high population of new Americans. Uh, and we have really, I think in the last year, really focused on how can we uh, provide resources to families where English is not their first language so that they can really understand the material that we're presenting to them about youth mentoring, yep. whether it's um, a contract through the um, language bank to have an interpreter or translator. Um, we recently had all of our forms and parent manuals translated into our top four languages, um, Nepali, Swahili, Lingala, and Kinyarwandan. Okay. Um, and how can we create some inroads that we lost during COVID, right? Right. So much of this was about relationship building and becoming trusted. We can't do that virtually in the same way. Yep. Um, we run into um, times where the phrase youth mentoring is difficult to translate into some languages. And we've even had translators or interpreters say, what is this? <laughs> so if you just try just doing the concept, yeah, the concept. So just yeah. doing something like a Google Translate might yes. miss the yes. context the of nuance. what that even means. The, the nuance. nuance. Of it. And the so nuance. we are not at all afraid to take however long it takes to um, go to where the families are. Um, sometimes, most of the time, that's in their home, mm -hmm. um, and taking the time to answer every single one of their questions. Um, and we have had times where parents apologize for asking so many questions, mm -hmm. and I say, never apologize mm -hmm. for caring about your child right. and wanting to make sure that this is an appropriate program. Yep. Yeah, and, um, and you know, sometimes we're met with a lot of skepticism, but I would say in almost 100% of cases, we're met with, thank you so much. This right. is just what we've been hoping for when we leave. Right. So. Because now more than ever families are working so hard oh. to provide for their families and so to, hard. right? So this is a so resource hard. where their child can go downtown or go to a basketball yes. game, right? It just fills the need. There's a need in it's the community. It's a positive connection. Fills that need. Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay. It doesn't cost money. It doesn't really, it's an investment of time for the mentee and the mentor. Is there a limit to how long it can go on for officially? Is it like, well, you're a mentor, a mentee for one year or is it kind of a lifelong well, so it's a great question. So the official answer is each match, um, a mentor signs up for a one-year commitment, mm -hmm. um, as well as the mentee. The mentee has to say, yes, I will commit to this. Um, we have lots of matches that go beyond one year, and then they sign on for another year and another year. Right now, we have a match that's in their fifth year. Um, mentees officially age out 
of mentoring at 17. Um, but there are many cases where we have a mentee invite their mentor to their wedding or oh. they stay in each other's lives. They stay friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For yeah. years. For their reference. Yeah. For a job. Or yeah. A lot of examples of the, that lifelong mm -hmm. uh, relationship. And, and one of our board members last summer mm -hmm. bumped into their mentee um, 25 years later and um, at market days of all places and um, they shared information but they had not kept in touch until then and now they've refreshed that relationship and and that um, young person who is now um, a parent themselves and a wow. successful healthcare worker up at Dartmouth That's and really you know cool. had had really um, uh, gotten to success. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's a success story yeah. of a great mentorship relationship. Yeah. And also success story for Market Days is a place where you can <laughs> meet up. And that is so oh, true. Wait, oh. I will say it's a huge connector. Yeah. 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 I, it's I, a very small community. Right. Yeah. And that it's a great place to connect with it people is. you haven't seen. It is. Usually people you want to see. Well, Occasionally it's the front someone porch, right? It's the front porch yeah. of Concord, right? Everybody's out. Have you seen any instances where a former mentee then becomes a mentor? Yes, Do that's they, my that favorite. That just happened, yeah. actually. That is my okay. absolute favorite. Mm -hmm. um, so more often than not, I think um, when that happens, it's because they feel very compelled to mm -hmm. want to create that same experience, that special yeah. magic in a way for somebody else. Right. Um, so right now we have examples in our site-based mentoring program. Um, we operate one at St. Paul's and we also operate one um, at Hopkinton High School. And uh, we have a mentor who, as a child, really remembered how special it made them feel. Um, and that's why they ultimately decided they wanted to mentor themselves. So it happens fairly regularly, I would say. That's great. It yeah. is great. And that's a testament to that the program's working, yes. right? That people want to continue to be involved in some way. Yeah, and it's that ripple that I was talking about earlier where it just keeps, it continues. Um, that the care and compassion that you pour into somebody else ultimately then creates this waterfall where they want to do it to somebody else in their life. Nice. Now on the other side, I asked about how do you get involved as a, a mentee, but as a mentor, how do people get involved? How do you recruit people? How do you make sure they're a good candidate for the program and find a good match for them? Tell me a little bit about that process. Yeah, so we do it in different ways. Um, Laura is phenomenal with networking, um, so being at events so that people know that there are opportunities. Um, we have uh, opportunities up on our website. We do a lot of recruitment online. There's a lot of volunteer postings. Yep. Um, it's really a lot of word of mouth. Mm -hmm. People are looking in lots of time, lots of ways for how they can give back, um, but they're looking for, I think, a more formal approach. Um, they want to make sure that the time they're putting in matters enough, right? right. Um, you know, if I invest this amount of time, is it going to be something that lasts? What do I do if I need support? Mm -hmm. um, and so really, it is a fairly extensive process um, on both sides because we need to make sure that this is something that um, is really going to make sense for both the mentee and the mentor. Mm -hmm. um, so there's an interview process, an application process, a screening process. Yeah. and Really what that is about is getting to know the mentor and the mentee um, so that ultimately in that process we can make the best match possible. Right. And is it any adult age group? You, you can have volunteers of many different generations who yep. are uh, mentors? 16 and above is yep. our um, typical cutoff for the youngest. Mm -hmm. um, 
16-year-olds are site-based mentoring, so they're not out in the community in the same way. We don't want them transporting a mentee, for instance. Um, and then 18 and above are eligible for community-based matches. And then really the sky's the limit after that. <laughs> we have folks who are in their 80s who are right. absolutely magnificent mentors. Yeah, I was gonna say, I can picture how different generations of mentors yeah. can provide different types of life experience. You know, if you're a younger mentor, young adult, you might have different types of advice or life experiences. Mm -hmm. Whereas an older mentor would have even more experience and perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so I, all sound incredible, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the key is making that match so that, that they're both getting something out of the experience, mm -hmm. both the mentee and the mentor, because that makes people want to stay right. in it okay. and, yeah. and try to match interests and, and um, energy levels and, and all of that kind of I bet style the, I bet the energy level is a big yeah. one, right? Well, it's interesting because yeah. I would have thought that you would match similar with similar. And sometimes we find it actually works really well to match an exuberant or outgoing child with someone who's a little more reserved or quiet um, because it can give the child center stage, which in some cases, if you're from a very large family, <laughs> you don't get that you very don't get often. That chance, yeah. And mm -hmm. so we find that that's sometimes a situation where somebody can really bloom. Um, so that's always, um, it's always interesting. Yeah. So what are some of the other examples? I've heard, you know, you could do something, you know, go downtown and just walk around mm -hmm. downtown. I'm sure you could go to a movie at Red River Theaters or go to a Celtics game or go to a, we don't have the, uh, well, the Fisher Cats baseball team. <laughs> not, I was going to say the Manchester Monarchs. That's not a thing anymore. <laughs> but there's a lot of different activities. What are, could you share some other examples of kind of those types of activities that you've heard of or all sorts. Well, I think it's important to know that it doesn't have to cost money. It could be something. So it could go, be go to White Park or, yeah. or yeah, watch a movie gonna, at home, yeah. bake cookies, um, arts and crafts. Yep. Go a snowshoeing. We've heard of that one where they strapped on. I don't know. They had like boards and they made their own at one point. Um, I don't know yeah. how successful they were, but I mean that's part of the the fun, right? Is the project. Yeah. Hiking is a really big one when the weather is a little bit nicer. We have so many trails in the area. We do. Um, really just exploring areas that someone's never been to, whether it's a riverbed or a lake or a pond. Yeah. Parks, all the parks in Concord, there's so very many. Um, yeah, many of the kids that are in the program are you know, we don't consider it urban, but, but the Heights is a pretty urban sure. area. Yeah. And if you never get a chance to explore the Audubon trails mm -hmm. or, I mean, something doesn't have to be far away, it, it just, it's outside of your immediate space and your comfort yeah. zone. And, and it never fails to see how inventive a mentor can be. We once had a very experienced mentor. She'd been matched three other times. Her mentee announced that she was gonna be a vegetarian. And she was a little concerned that maybe she wasn't going to have like the balanced protein or this and that. So they went to the store and they meal planned and they decided to make a meal together. And then she made an extra portion. It was some sort of vegetable pot pie or something that she could bring home with her. So I thought that was, you know, she's learning something. They're cooking together. They're planning. What does it take to make a meal? Yep. Um, that's a popular one. What's, what's something you'd like to make? And then let's learn to make it. It's fun. It's life skills. You go buy the ingredients. Creating something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really yeah, cool. That's a fun one. We once had a mentor that knew a mentee was moving to a new town in the area. Mentee was feeling really nervous about not knowing the area. Drove them, you know, two towns over to just kind of look around. This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like to be here. Right. 
So this is great so far. I just want to make sure people also know where to go to, to learn more. Um, Friends Program website, is it friendsprogram.org? Yep. Is that easy as that? That's it's easy. Easiest <laughs> website. It's great. It's perfect. Easy um, to and Easy to remember, and I've gone. It's nice to navigate and, and look up information. Can yeah, we did a complete reboot of the website this year. Hooray. So <laughs> That's always a nice, like, uh, oh, energy yeah. to an organization. It's Absolutely. Like a reboot to the website helps. Yeah. 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 So, um, folks, and there are volunteer forms right there to right um, there to yep. request more information. And I think I've also seen all kinds of posters all over downtown Concord mm -hmm. that have friends program information. Yeah, if you go into any of the banks or into Gibson's or you, the works, there's We're probably there. information. You're there, <laughs> which is actually it's funny that that traditional method, like even just like the bulletin boards, mm -hmm. like downtown mm -hmm. or anywhere, that you find yourself looking at them. Yeah, you're and, waiting in line. Yep. I think mm -hmm. our motto is try everything. Right. I mean, if you're at the works, you're sitting there, yeah. you're looking around. Yeah, we have a captive audience. Yeah, but I have seen those Friends Program flyers. If you still have those, I've seen them. I, I think sure. I've seen mm -hmm. them all over town. Yeah. So if people see that, that's another way they can just think of you guys. And mm -hmm. um, I know we're talking about just the mentoring, but I know there, we don't have to get into each one in detail, but there is the Foster Grandparent Program. Yes. What are the other branches of? So um, RSVP, which is the Retired yeah. and Senior Volunteer Program. And I, I think part of what's interesting about the three volunteer programs is yep. that each of them are mentoring okay. in some way, right? Yep. So the Foster Grandparent Program is also mentoring. They're just doing it in a classroom. Right. So in so many of those cases, we hear stories where kids come back year after year. They stop at uh, Grammy so-and-so's classroom. Mm -hmm. they, they get a high five. You know, they start their day off right, and then they go on to their new classroom right i saw one who was recognized by at the concord school board i think last mm -hmm. year yeah for her diane year. wells yeah um, she's phenomenal so to see also the school district like yeah. taking the time to recognize oh. them for their work is really and important. to feel yeah. cared for um in a mm -hmm. school setting yep. by someone who's not a paid staff right i mean that goes a long way in sure pressing on a child that they matter you matter yep. um and our retired and senior volunteer program also does mentoring. Um, it again just looks different. Um, so somebody might not sign up for the full commitment of being a mentor, but they might want to do some of our community events. Mm -hmm. um, they might want to do, like for instance, last summer we had game night. We had volunteers do that from RSVP. Yep. Um, or we have somebody that we have lots of folks that are again tutoring in after school settings, mm -hmm. which is part tutoring and part mentoring, right? right. <laughs> Lots of kids at the end of the day are not really interested in practicing their reading, right? They want to talk to you about their day and then maybe you do a little reading, so. Yeah. So it's good. All about creating a safe space mm -hmm. so that they can be themselves mm -hmm. and feel feel empowered and, and whether or not that's during a reading tutoring session right. or playing basketball in the backyard, it's, it's all about having that caring adult. Right. And it's amazing that even though over the years as, as the needs for children change and the, you mm -hmm. know, technology has changed and all that, but still kids just need a supportive environment. That doesn't seem to have changed from when no. I was a kid growing up. That, you know, that basic core need, right? That oh, intrinsic yeah. need seems the same, I think. It's a huge mm -hmm. predictor of success as well, yeah. is to have somebody outside of your family unit. Um, you know, there's a resource, One Trusted Adult, where if you can name a trusted adult outside of your immediate family, the predictors for you being able to manage your stress, cope, um, are significant. Um, and so part of the goal here is to create that access for kids that might not be able to go out and find it on their own. Right. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Now, before we wrap things up, um, I had a couple other questions, but mm -hmm. I wanted to just sort of 
pivot a little bit. We were talking before we started recording just about the nonprofit sector and about the work we do. What makes you passionate about your work? I just want folks at home to sort of, I, anytime I have these talks with nonprofit people, we have that sort of commonality of we care about what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great for the community to know the workers who actually get this work done mm -hmm. in our nonprofit sector in Concord. Why do we do what we do? And I've, I've said it to our audience, so I'll, I'll sure. pass on this one. <laughs> I've talked about it before, but Laura, let's start with you. What, what motivates you to keep doing this work? I think the most important thing for people to remember is that you can make a significant difference in someone's life with a couple of hours a week. Mm -hmm. you, that one gift that you make, whether it's a donation of your resources of money or your resources of time, a couple of hours can change someone's life forever. And Dramatically, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. I would say something similar um, that the when I look at it globally, I feel like my calling is to connect people to either each other or to the resource that can alleviate some distress in their life or make something easier. Um, so we hear time and time again from folks that we provide um, volunteer rides to, you saved my life. Your volunteers saved my life because I could get to dialysis. Or you connected me with a mentor that poured into me, right? I knew I mattered, so I grew up to be something more than I ever dreamed I could be. And so playing, I think, any role in those connections is immensely rewarding when you can see it work. Yeah, and it's that work that in the nonprofit sector, again, it's, it's you feel the value of the mission of what you're providing. Absolutely. To yeah, so we definitely feel that here. Um, and then, not to go full negative, but can you, <laughs> can you cite any, and this is the other side of nonprofit work, we talk about, you know, you do SWOT analysis, or mm -hmm. you, what are, are there any barriers or challenges that you're looking at this year or in general, not saying they're negative things, but challenges that, you know, that you have to try to overcome mm -hmm. in this sort of work? Is there anything that you'd want people to know that are just challenges that you face in general? I think one of the largest challenges we have coming out of pandemic is that things have changed. Mm -hmm. That um, people's priorities have changed. People, the way people work, the way people volunteer, everything yep. is different, different now. And trying to get people to um, to recommit to volunteering and to being part of the community is a real challenge for almost mm -hmm. every nonprofit. Yep. I think. Yeah. We saw statistics that volunteerism has gone down 40% kind of across the board. I believe it. Yeah. But the community yeah. needs are very great. And yeah. the needs of kids now, um, the emotional needs of kids, it, it's great. And there are a lot of kids waiting for a mentor, that one trusted adult, mm -hmm. to be um, available to them. And so trying to motivate people to, to kind of come back and volunteer again and meet the needs is that's one of our biggest challenges yeah, this year. I, I would agree. I think that in general, people are feeling very overwhelmed by day-to-day -day life. That makes it complicated for them to feel as if they could have any impact on community issues, or they don't feel like they have the time or the emotional bandwidth um, to be able to commit any time. Um, and it's very challenging when you go into a school and you're known as the, the lady from youth mentoring and all the kids line up and they, when am I getting a mentor? When am I getting a mentor? Is, your, is my name on your list? And so I say, I'm gonna write your name down and I'm gonna make sure that it is on my list. And in lots of cases, I already know their name and 
they feel kind of important that I can even pull that out. But um, that to me is personally very hard when you see the face of a kid that just wants someone. That's yep. it. So simple. I mean, that's a great pitch to our audience, to the <laughs> yeah. community, right? Yeah. Is there yeah. kids who need their support, yeah. Yeah. need mentors. Yeah. And they don't need, I mean, this is not hours upon hours upon hours upon hours, right? Yeah. Um, that with the small gift of, you know, one to two hours a week, you could give somebody hope. Right. You said, Laura, that can make a huge difference. A couple hours a week can mm -hmm. make a huge difference. Yeah. And if you're not interested in youth mentoring, there are other opportunities. Mm -hmm. There, you know, we have volunteers placed at the Friendly Kitchen mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we do oh, all yeah. sorts of different volunteer. We work with 50, 60 different organizations to help meet unmet community needs. So if youth mentoring isn't your thing, call us anyway. We can find another another place for you to help make the community a stronger place. Okay. Well, great. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. Can Thank we talk you, about Laura. the event? Yes, we can talk about the <laughs> event. Yeah. So we have an event coming up on January 20th and uh, at the soon. community center yep. and on the Heights and the city community center. Yep. And uh, it's drop-in free. Um, bring kids if you have them. If you're interested in more information, just stop by. We'll have some snacks and some activities. And we have a button maker. I mean, you're you're burying the lead. The button, button maker. maker. I saw the button maker at a, a previous fun. event it's elite. at Friends of Blues. It's elite. I, think I saw the button maker. It you can was make awesome. Custom yep. buttons. Yep. So right there, that's a selling right. point. Yep. Now I'm sorry. Yep. You said at the citywide community center. Is that where? Or yes. where, that's where it's happening. Yep. Okay. All right, so we'll make sure that's on the screen for yep. folks to remember, and that's free, and that's dropping. Totally free. Don't have to sign for, up. No, nope. don't have to sign up. Come for five minutes. Come for an hour and a half. Whatever. Good. Whatever that's you good. Have. Free, low stress event. We yeah. love that. Yep. Love that. Yeah. Love that. It's local. It's something free and activity. Families are always looking for something to do. Yep. So. Yes. Perfect. Well, thank yep. you guys so much for joining the program. Um, thanks to Friends Program for their important work, and to you guys for being an amazing staff. Um, and. Thank you to our audience. Although you guys didn't do anything, you just sat there and watched. <laughs> Thanks for uh, tuning in. <laughs> but we do love our uh, our audience. Um, last year was a big year for Concord TV. We surpassed our viewership on YouTube, on Facebook, That's Instagram, awesome. and so we're continuing to grow as a brand. So that is due to the people watching at home. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you have ideas for programming, let us know. I'm always open to new ideas. Until next time. Thanks for watching. <laughs>